1: KG Specialties is a Portland based distributor who this year merged with Premier Press. Premier employs over 200 people and they handle a wide variety of print, fulfillment, and logistics management for clients. Today we're talking mergers how to merge successfully with another company, how to integrate teams, how to handle the technology transition, and when and why it makes sense to merge with another company. Our guests today are Kyle Gibson, the owner of KG Specialties and now director of promotional merchandise at Premier and Premier's Vice President, Manuel Sayas. Before I chat with Manuel and Kyle, you know the SKUcast is brought to you courtesy of CommonSKU. And you know that moment when you are in the middle of working on half a dozen hot projects for clients with pressing deadlines and the shipping changed again for two out of those six projects? Well, we just made that a lot simpler. Now you can notify your client of any shipping changes directly from CommonSKU's production report while you're in the app. No more playing bouncy bounce with a dozen emails back and forth with clients Just add a tracking number or ship date change and click notify and an email is sent from the app to your client and you get to go on about your business. We also just released EPOs for StormTech plus a brand new shops theme. Lots of changes all the time at CommonSkew. It's just another way we obsess about making the work from anywhere platform the easiest and fastest way to do business. Gain back your sanity and grow your sales at commonskew.com. Now, here's our chat with Kyle Gibson, and Manuel says.
2: Glad to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us today to talk about this story.
3: Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Um,
2: Kyle, tell me a little bit about the snapshot of, of your business history so that we can sort of have some perspective on your decision to partner and merge with Premier. Like, when did you start? What were the primary big seasons? Like, what led to you saying, hey, I think it's time for us to merge with someone else?
3: Yeah, I mean the business started in 1993 mainly out of a necessity. I was it was a hobby for a while, screen printing t-shirts and then yeah. you know just kind of grew and then I was diagnosed with arth- arthritis in an early stage and had to do a career change, right? And so at that point I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I ha- I had this hobby I was doing and and I thought, well, maybe I can make a go at screen printing t-shirts and Didn't really know a whole lot about the industry at that time. I was just raw, but I was fortunate enough to be introduced to some distributors in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we started out as a contract screen printer or, you know, a few of those folks and then evolved into us doing embroidery with them. Okay. And then, you know, after time went on, you know, we, we just kept growing that for a few years. And then in 2001, I believe it was, I, I sold the business. Cause I, I wanted to get out. I was like, contract work is difficult. And so, <laughs> right. As, as you know, so I, I sold the business that lasted about a year and then ended up buying the business back at auction in February or March of 2002. Okay. Ooh. And we, we went back in as a contract decorator and It was interesting because a friend of mine had us help him with a project for one of the big swimming events at one of the universities, and it was a sweatshirt order. It was like 400 sweatshirts, okay? And we were printing these sweatshirts. It was a direct sale. It wasn't a contract job. And I'm standing out there by the auto, and they're pulling a sweatshirt off every eight seconds, and I'm standing there doing the math. I'm like, $12, <laughs> right. $12, right? Versus Persons. your
2: $1 screen print, right, right.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was like a green light. And then Bobby, from that day on, I mean, I, I walked in the office and said, we're going in a new direction. I mean, it was like that yeah. obvious. Yeah. And we joined in WPMA and PPAI and yep. started meeting some really great people and some great mentors. I'm very, very fortunate to have you know some amazing mentors in the industry in my life yeah, yeah that's and cool. yeah so and, and then here we are today where you know we did this with yeah, premier
2: fa- fast forward to that uh, what what changes were happening in the business where that led you to think about partnering with premiere
3: you know we were picking up larger corporate accounts and we didn't have the bandwidth to really make that happen right yeah and premiere had a facility with fulfillment creative Planning, all right. You know they have creative designers on staff. So, and I was honestly, I was at a point where I'd been doing it for a long time. I was just, I was just servicing my clients, my team. They were still hungry. They were still wanting to make things happen. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, you know, something's got to give. And and we we had this opportunity to come up with with Premiere, and and I have to say, I think it's really re-energize the team. It's given them it's a awesome. new sense of belonging. Yeah. So I want to get
2: yeah, I want to get to that yeah. part of the story in a minute. manuel yeah. tell us a little bit about Premiere. Give us a snapshot of Premiere. I sort of shared it in the intro, but I kind of want to hear it from you.
0: yes yeah, So Premiere will be next year will be 50 years. They're in business. Okay. And Premier was, you know, founded from Arnold where he was unhappy with the the service that was being done in the printing industry back, you know, 50 years ago. And decided, hey, let me start a company where we're going to take care of the client. Ultimately, you know, if we do good work, we take care of the client, you know, what could go bad. So that's kind of the evolution of, you know, how Premiere started. And to this day, we maintain that, right? That is like the most important part of our business is making sure the client is serviced, delivering on time, good quality, and everything else should work itself out afterwards.
2: Yeah. Premier is a company with over 200 people. You've invested more than $4 million in equipment, 180,000 square feet in size. Much of your production is in-house. Why do you feel it's important to build a vertical company and bring as much production in-house as possible?
0: Well, there's definitely been a growing trend in the last decade where people are tasked to handle certain parts of the business, and they don't necessarily have the background, the education, you know, to take care of print. And um, a lot of people view print as, as a dying industry, which, it's, which it is not, but they're tasked with this like, and, and they don't understand it. So when they can come to one company like ourselves and just say, hey, I've got this this problem, can you handle this? Can you take care of it? It makes it a lot easier for them. So that's why we want to be a one-stop shop. We just want people to come to us and it doesn't matter if they're doing banners, if they're doing t-shirts, if they're doing you know brochures or direct mail or whatever it may be. They can just one-stop shop. They know we're going to take care of them and we have everything under one roof.
2: Yeah. Kyle, I'm curious what what changed with the client. Like what changed with the client that required more high touch service? Like you you said you were being asked things like fulfillment and what other kind of things were you like, you know what, this is getting a little bit beyond the scope of our expertise
3: yeah I mean, it was a lot of the fulfillment was a big part of it, right? Because so right. many corporate accounts now want stores and they want yeah. you to have everything. I mean we went through that years ago, right? where stores were huge and then they kind of faded, and yeah, now they're <laughs> back again right And so that was a big part. it was the fulfillment and and plus the creative side, we just mm. we didn't have that ability to have engineers on staff to help us create custom really high end touch point product and and premier has all of that right and yeah. you know we're so as we continue to grow and get referrals we start getting these larger opportunities and so that was a big part of that transition to go to yeah. premier
2: yeah. You and I have been at this long enough. I know Manuel has too, but we've seen the demand for the, the physical high touch, physical part of the business grow, but also just the design side, just in terms yeah. of the buyer sophistication and what they need. Manuel, what other, like, I, I know printers love to, forgive me, I know printers love to talk about their amazing equipment in-house, but give our listeners an idea of what are the primary sort of components when you look at manufacturing. What I'm trying to piece together is, what is it that other distributors are struggling with in terms of working with their clients and being expanded to ask for services that that Premier found?
0: Yeah, well, I, I guess if we want to talk a little bit about services or equipment, if, if you want just to give a, a, mm-hmm. a broad knowledge here, we we have the whole gamut. So we do wide format, we do offset, we do digital, web digital, and obviously now you know into the, the screen printing and retouch side, but. We just have so many different services that we offer that we want to make sure that if we are working with a client, we can offer that, that vast, you know, scope, like I just mentioned earlier. And actually I have, I have the list in front of me because we offer so many services, you know, that I kind of have to like read them off, you know, (laughs) and then that's just after, you know, 50 years and and the company, you know, embracing always that, that feel Uh, a lot of companies go out to market and they say, we're going to be good at one thing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of their M.O., They want their clients to fit in that box, right? Like this is what we do. We want you to fit in that box and do this. Right. And what we have discovered is we have a lot of clients that they they're a little bit, you know, all over the place, they're a little bit chaotic, right? And Mm -hmm. they they want somebody to take that chaos away from them. They want somebody to just, hey, take all of this, you fix it, you give us solutions, you take this on board for, for us. And you know, that's where we feel we thrive. And yeah. and that goes for large billion dollar corporations. You know, they're, they're great. They're strong. They're big companies, but they have so many things going on. They're so fast paced. They need somebody to just kind of, hey, we'll take care of that for you. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll handle that side of it. And that's where, you know, we've put together this arsenal, if you want, of tools. And I'm going to kind of just read them off real quick, just yeah, to yeah, you, you know, real quick. Th- yeah. everybody there. You know, we have a 5,000 square foot photography studio and retouching. And that's fantastic for our clients because, you know, we're right. we're servicing that part of the business where social media, online presence, or so forth. We can take the photography of the product, retouch mm-hmm. it, and help them, you know, go to market with it. Uh, we have a, a team of ten creative people on our team. We have research development, structural engineers, you know, on staff because we do some really intricate packaging and uh, yeah. environmental graphics for our, our clients. We do direct mail. We do boutique packaging, apparel, embroidery we do fulfillment distribution, so you name it, you know, we pretty much, you know, can do it all in house.
2: With that type of broad service offering, do you have an ideal client
0: profile? (laughs) We we really don't. (laughs) You wish you did, or you don't wish you had that problem? (laughs) No, actually, I I think it's great. I think the fact that we can, you know, open it up to so many different people, our service, you know, it just makes it easier. Now it does cause a, a little bit of a pain point where our sales team, our project managers, They have to have a vast knowledge of so many things. Right. So we tend to, I would say we tend not to be necessarily experts on the sales side, whereas we have enough knowledge to talk to a client and then we bring in our expert, you know, be it a, you know, a packaging or be a creative person or direct mail, but at least having that broad knowledge to be able to go and talk to clients on a broad scale, you know, is is something a little bit challenging for a lot of people.
2: One more question for you, Manuel, about Kyle's business. What about Kyle's business model made sense to you? Typically when a merger happens, it's about more than revenue, it's about opportunity. What do you see would be an opportunity for Premier with, with Kyle's team and their expertise?
0: Well, you know, we, we say this a lot of times, right? A, a lot of people can buy equipment, but it's really who can run that equipment, the expertise that are there. And when we had an opportunity to meet up with Kyle and his team, it was very apparent that there was a lot of knowledge, a lot of years of experience. And they seem to value the same thing that Premier does, right? Is let's take care of the client. It doesn't matter at what cost, we're gonna take care of the client and then we'll figure, you know, things out afterwards. And that resonated with us, right? It's it's almost, you know, like that's what we do at Premier. His team seemed to be on board, you know, with that. And that definitely, you know, now that we've, you know, merged together, you know, it is very apparent that their team, you know, just wants to take care of that client end user and their expertise, right? We're learning so many things right now, even though we've been in the apparel industry for for several years now, yeah. we're learning so much about merchandising and embroidery and what we can and can't do and why we do things. So it's just been so invaluable to have that, those expertise on our team.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about merging teams for a minute, because I think that's what a lot of folks are facing when they they deal with something like a merger and acquisition. Obviously, they're dealing with two cultures coming together. So this question is kind of for both of you, Kyle. What's been the most important aspect about bringing together two teams and cultures? That would make anybody nervous. So I'm sure that's been a part of the equation. What's been really important for you?
3: Absolutely. It's open communication. That's one thing I felt from the first meeting with the executive team at Premier is very open, very honest, very transparent. And I think if you don't feel that, if you don't have that open communication to where you can collaborate with one another, listen to one another, you know, value each other's opinions, it's going to be a hard road, right? And, you know, we've had opportunities over the years to do things with other, you know, companies, and it just never felt comfortable the minute. You know, I walked into Premiere and met them. It just felt good, right? Like the, yeah. the the everything about it. My team also had that same sense of feeling and belonging. So for me, it's it's really good communication, open, open and honest.
2: Okay. Manuel, how about you integrating a team into a pretty fixed, a larger team?
0: Yeah, I I think we have quite a bit of experience doing that. This is not, you know, the the first time we've done it. It really does always boil down to, you know, how can we be one team? And uh, I think that's, that's the hard part, right? Because as you mentioned, you know, we're a much larger company than KG was. So now it kind of might feel a little awkward and weird, you know, the they're not, you know, part of the family and that's what really what we strive for is you know everybody has to feel part of that family everybody yeah. feels you know right from the beginning that they can walk into the president's office and have a conversation about anything yeah. so that's what we're really fixated on is just making
3: sure that the KJ team you know feels like they're part of this premier team yeah you know but bobby i want to add to that for just one second you yes. know we we host a backstage event and what what manuel just shared is we had clients come to the backstage, right? And they are now, you know, so intrigued. We're doing print services with some yeah, of our what, clients. What do you now. mean backstage? You took them into the factory? Oh, so we do a big event every year to where we have about 10 to 11 preferred partners come. And then we have about 120 of our top clients oh, come out and have okay. one-on-one time with our preferred partners, right? Touch and feel. It's It was really developed back when, you know, everybody was hitting you up December 1st for holiday stuff, right? And you're like, yeah, good luck, right? And (laughs) so we started doing this event to offset that, right? To get them thinking Mm -hmm. sooner and quicker. And so we had these clients come out and they, you know, Manuel, the executive team gave a lot of them tours. So, you know, we've already some of our clients have already moved over into the print side to the photo studio. We got one client's really interested in us taking over their photo shooting. And then likewise, you know, the account directors there at Premier brought some of their clients and now their clients are all excited about, you know, merch, right? So it's, so just to piggyback on to what Manuel was saying, there's just that everybody seems to be gelling pretty well right now. It's great.
2: I I think, Kyle, you intuited this really, but Motion Hama, the writer, wrote an article for Fast Company that talked about the most important times we need story are when there's been massive change in the organization or particularly when there's a change in leadership. And he said, that's when we kind of need the story to compel the organization forward. This is why we're doing it. This is where we're going is what probably most people want to know. Was there anything you learned through this process that you would do a little differently? Kyle, start with you. Uh,
3: No, honestly, I, I... I wouldn't do anything different. It's, it's been a very good to hear transparent deal.
2: Yeah. How about you, man? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, so far, obviously, you know, it's, it's early on. We're here in an infancy of of working together, but what has been really nice is, you know, with Kyle and his team is what you see is what you get. So there hasn't been, you know, any, any big twists uh, or anything, you know, that we didn't anticipate. So, so far, I think, you know, my, I'm, I'm agreeing with Kyle, you know, I really wouldn't change much of how things have transitioned so far.
2: Yeah. Kyle, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about how the Skew platform has impacted your business through the years. You've been through a lot of changes. You've done a lot yeah. of innovation. You've been one of those leading thinkers in the business. How has the Skew platform made an impact on your business and how did it help you sort of get to this place?
3: Yeah. You know, if we didn't have Skew during the pandemic, we, would have, we probably would not have made it through the pandemic, honestly. Since we joined, I believe, eight years ago now. I know it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while, Um, but it's been overwhelmingly powerful for us as a team. You know, we, we've embraced it. It's helped us with efficiencies. In fact, it's so powerful that during negotiations with this merger with premier, I, I made it really clear. Like we need to have commons view on board because you're so integrated. Right. And it's so streamlined. like, You know, until you see it. And then once the executive team saw it and they started playing around in it and learning it, they were like, okay, yeah. And I believe we've added maybe four more licenses since this merger. And so, yeah, I, you know, I I was hesitant, Bobby. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) technology. No, no, I like my spreadsheets.
2: Yeah, I Mm -hmm. know. I know. I know. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Manuel, any thoughts before we move on?
0: Yeah, actually, I, I did want to add to, to that about the common skew. I mean, uh, yes. we did see that, you know, in negotiations with Kyle and we were really impressed. We were like, wow, we've been looking for a tool like this on our end. And we actually started, you know, digging in and adopting it even before the, the whole transition, you know, happened. And then obviously having the team come along and help us, you know, navigate and and work the software was fantastic. But what it's done for us is our side, our sales reps, weren't maybe as comfortable, certain, some of them selling merchandise and just, you know, they're a little bit more print oriented. Now having that tool, seeing the presentations, seeing how slick and how great, you know, it looks and have the whole process of invoicing and everything going through it. They were like, wow, I can get on board with this. You know, this is something that I feel good about. So it's really in a very short amount of time, I've brought in several of our team members to really embrace and want to get into this segment of the market. So it's been fantastic. We love it.
2: You know how much we love to hear that. And I also love the psychology of a salesperson or someone embracing new technology. They're already busy. They're going crazy with taking care of orders within a deadline-driven business. And then just the comfort of seeing other people work in the platform, the transparency has been something that we've seen a lot. And we've heard this a lot about mergers, that this has been a fantastic uh, tool throughout the process. Absolutely. All right, final final advice. Kyle, (laughs) what advice would you have for other distributor principals as they consider the landscape of merging or selling their business? Not that you did that you, you this is a clearly a merger, but what, what advice would yeah. you have for another yeah. distributor?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think e- each person's environment's a little different, right? But make sure the culture fit is, is there. That's, I mean, it, you know, I, I really feel that our cultures were so similar that made this really smooth. Okay. And that's one of the biggest things. And, and, and I think you got to be really patient. You can't, you can't rush anything. Right. I mean, we spoke for close to a year, right. Just with, you know, opportunities and how would this work? And, you know, how's the team going to adjust? How am I going to adjust? I've been, you know, I haven't had a boss for 30 plus years. So it's like, hello, (laughs) you know, so patience is a, is a real, real thing. and then confidentiality. You have to keep it confidential. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was driving me nuts, not sharing with my team what was going on. Yeah. But I I couldn't because I didn't want people to panic and, you know, you know, and, and, you know, honestly, you, you got to have legal advice too. You can't do this stuff on your own. you got to have help. Right. So Yeah. yeah.
2: Really great point. Manuel, how about you? What, what advice would you have folks who are considering this as well?
0: I think they have to look at it long-term not as instant satisfaction. I'm going to add x amount of dollars you know to my bottom line. It's it's something that really has to fit in into your DNA. Yeah, you you can't you know just take a company and say you're going to fit in here. Like it's just it won't work. People are going to leave. They're going to be unhappy and just you know why have you now done this merger right if, if people just aren't feeling gelled. So my biggest advice is you know look at it long-term, not as a quick, you know, satisfaction. What is your long-term goal in this merger? Are you adding, you know, a service? How, how is this, you know, helping you grow as a company? And definitely for us, you know, it's helped us now get to a different level on this side of the, of the business, if you want.
3: Yeah. Congratulations
2: yep. to you. Go ahead. Bobby, come, go just ahead. One more thing in there. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
3: You know, honesty is a huge factor. Okay. And you cannot go into something like this misleading in any way. And I feel both parties have really lived up to what we've honored and you know, spoke about. and i and I and I have to say honesty. I mean, I feel the honesty from the ownership at Premier all the way down to the executives, you know, to the individuals working there. and and I, I just, and I'm not trying to say people are trying to be dishonest, but you' got to just be transparent. Yeah. Yes, about what happened. So,
2: right. yeah. Well, congratulations to you both. This has clearly been a very successful merger and fantastic for the teams. You know, Kyle, how much we think of you and your team. So, so thank you for being such a loyal Common Q customer for yeah. introducing us to Premier and guys, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank
0: Appreciate you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SkewCast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SkewCast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening.